0: Okay, so I'm a little hungover, so I'm not going to put this as eloquently or as excited as when I thought of it, but I'm really excited because I think I finally have condensed everything down to what this podcast is going to be about. Okay. It's going to be basically whiskey-fueled podcast on how I'm learning content creation and how learning is the fun part
1: absolutely. I like that. Yeah.
0: So I'm looking forward to having you help me refine that, but last time we kind of got just on the the verge of having a clear defined area and it made it so much more intense because it it wasn't so deleted and this past week, thinking more, I have a better idea of exactly all the things that we seem to be reaching into that we're excited about and all the stuff that just felt like filler and it all falls at least in this area.
1: I like that. Yeah. Whiskey and content creation, That's, uh, that sums up pretty well what we're doing.
0: Right. You know, it's like the whiskey. How does that add? Doesn't matter. It's just there. <laughs> it's,
1: yeah, that describes most of my life. Yeah. Whiskey just there somehow.
0: Yeah. And I have no problem with that. No. I'm trying to uh, whittle this out. So it's easy for me to talk about my experience and it's easy to talk your experience. I think those both are both very interesting topics like what are the weird things we're running into and how did we figure out and this kind of expansion of our abilities and our enjoyment of it is really interesting but it should be easy to frame that in a way that like okay this is what's going to be useful for you too not just passive listeners but you know this is actually going to be useful you know
1: sure they can learn along with us yeah i like that
0: So one of the things I'm gonna get into is a bit of the process that I've been figuring out. I feel like I'm getting to a good rhythm of learning how to learn this stuff. And then talk about my course of the week. Because I feel like that's just gonna be an anchor stone of what I'm doing.
1: You definitely seem to be consuming anything you can get your hands on. You're just a sponge for learning right now and it's intense watching you. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm finally getting to the point where I have enough accomplished that I can relax and start having a life again.
1: I'm glad to hear that.
0: Yeah, went out last night and, you know, it was part of fun and part work, but it's like, oh yeah, I remember what it was like to just go out and have fun with friends and I've, I'm rusty at this. I'm going to need a little time to get my skills back.
1: It's also refreshing to take a step away from work and relax and breathe easy again for a minute and then you can come back into it refreshed and ready to seize the day yeah that That maybe not the next day if you're hungover but
0: (laughs) yeah I, i don't like that that's something i'm getting better at but you know there's still some surprises the new low carb diet makes every drink you know it's a positive thing it's like maybe three times as fuel efficient so I drink my normal oh, amount, I'm like, know. man, I'm fucking trashed. You know, it's not like I want to get that drunk. Like this is how we should be at the end of the night. We're already there after like two drinks. So I need to get more practice of dialing the back.
1: See, that's why I will not do one of those diets that fuel efficiency is not what I'm after. I want to be able to taste as many things as mm-hmm. possible without getting completely annihilated.
0: And that is on my mind too. Uh, because what I'm doing right now is there's a lot of ways that I figured out this last week of how to start learning this thing. What would really be good to go from scratch to actually, you know, being good at it and how to learn how to learn this stuff. And one of them most important is having bite-sized achievable projects that you can do. And the one I came up with is I want to do videos about hotel bars in Nashville. Okay. I've been starting to film downtown with the skyscrapers and they're beautiful. And I have some pretty good outdoor shots that I'm really happy with, but the indoor stuff was about I connects the actual function of the building. Uh, if you're showing the building, it's impersonal, but you're like, okay, here is the, the rooms or the bars that's inside it. That's something that you could go to that you could connect with. There's people there, people to talk to. And this is a lot more intimate and relatable than just the building itself. So having the video be the bar from all angles, outdoors and indoors, would be a good way to have me polish both my skills. I like that. And it's a topic I'm interested in because I'm going to be looking at the, the beautiful architecture. I, I love that. And the way they do the design of the, the bar is also beautiful architecture. It's really photogenic. And, you know, that also scratches the itches. I, I love going to all the like, little whiskey hangouts we have.
1: There's no shortage.
0: So one of the tricks with that is did my research, took a couple hours on Friday, and I put together a a compendium of every single high-rise in the city that has a bar in it. Good Lord. Exactly. That's a lot. And I'm getting messed up after three drinks. I need to have more, like, taste this drink and taste that drink and be able to actually do this work instead of, you know, Feel like I'm a scuba diver who only got 15 minutes of air in my tank.
1: Yes, and at the same time, my mind's going to like travel sh- channel shows like uh, Anthony Bourdain. He will have to try how many foods in one day? Because yeah. they're only filming in this country for so many days and then mm-hmm. they're gone. And he goes to a restaurant and they want him to try six, eight different dishes. He'll try it, and then a lot of the time, he'll pass it on to someone else in his film crew. Yeah,
0: yeah. You don't have that. And I just would not feel comfortable with not finishing the drink that I ordered.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting predicament.
0: So I might just, you know, on days I'm working on this, I might do the the normal carb diet, and then the rest of the week be doing my my fuel-efficient one.
1: Either that, or you just need a friend to help you carry some (laughs) stuff in and split drinks with him.
0: Yeah, it will be really helpful to have a partner to go do with this. So again, going to miss you in Minnesota, but maybe we'll get some, you know, guest episodes when you visit in town.
1: Absolutely. I'll be back
0: for now. I'm actually realizing, uh, that it's probably best for me to start off going alone, uh, Wednesday, I tried my first run yesterday. I tried my second run. Uh, I went with Cole on Wednesday and Dustin on Friday. And both times, I'm so distracted by, you know, I I don't like many, I mean, I like everybody, but I don't really get mentally engaged by many people. And the ones I do, I'm like, I'm so engaged that I'm completely distracted by everything going around. So I didn't get a whole lot of, you know, work done. It was great to see him though. But I think for the beginning, I need to go by myself to learn. And then after I've gotten to a rhythm, then I can start including people to have them add more spice to the experience. Sure. That makes sense. This is actually the core thing I wanted to get into, making contained projects that are doable at your current ability level from A to Z so incredibly helpful. You know, the reason why I couldn't really focus you know, on my friend or this is because this is such a good idea. I am overwhelmed with so many things to think about, so many you know, questions, and so many ideas. That is the feeling of me learning content creation really fast. The fact that it's so much coming in, like a fire hose, that I don't have—yeah, I don't have enough to have a conversation. It. So that's a great sign.
1: That is, and I look forward to when you have gotten to the point where you can take all that in already, have it within you, and knowing which tool to use from your utility belt from all these classes, and yeah, you're gonna have a very good finished product at the end of this. I can tell.
0: I'm starting to feel things connect together. The beginning of all this process, it felt like having a a hint of an idea and a whole lot of excitement and passion. Like you could see something, feel you love it. But every step taking, trying to make something, you just hit walls. Like, okay, I have this feeling. How do you put that in video form? Like, okay, well, I don't know that. Like, then you get a little bit, okay, I learned from this experience or that person or this class that doing this would express that. Like, okay, oh, fuck, how do I do that? And you end up in this chain of, well, in order to make this shot, I need to go there. Okay, well in order to like have it look right, I need to edit this out. Okay. I don't know how to even move my cursor in the editing program. And it gets this snowball of, I need to learn how to turn a screw so I can get a hammer, so I can drive a nail so I can, in this huge long chain and you don't really get much momentum on anything, which, isn't rewarding and you're not actually connecting with the emotional stuff which is the whole purpose behind all this this past week and a half it's finally getting to where you know half the time it's like that and half the time i actually know how to do that already so i get to do something and that connects to something else and they kind of build each other and give so you that you're flow just
1: starting to get to the point where all this is feeling redeeming it's this is worth it i am good at this you're finally building up that confidence.
0: Yeah, it, it feels good, but it's also a lot faster speed of learning because you learn so much more for experience. And if you, you know, like you say, experience with rock climbing, but you're still learning just how to get your freaking shoes on so you can get onto the, the rock. You don't learn much by putting your shoes on. You learn from actually being on the rock, even if it's the smallest rock. So I'm going to say again, your advice last time really unlocked all of this.
1: I'm glad that helped you
0: look at what you have can do right now and do 85% of that and keep moving and that has put me in situations this past week where I you know can actually get something done and I learned so much from that that I'm ready to do the harder thing that I wanted to do originally much faster
1: and like I said that 85% is going to keep growing and growing and pretty soon 25% of what you do was originally your 85% yeah
0: yeah So this hotel thing is my, you know, 85%. It's an idea I had that could connect all together. And what happens is there's the the main meat of what you're trying to do. And you learn how to do that, but there's a thousand smaller pieces that are equally important that you don't think about. And you would never learn unless you were trying to actually get something complete that, you know, that last 5% that stops you from having the last thing. So obviously for doing this, outdoor shots need that, great. Indoor shots. This is actually a really incredibly good learning experience um, because just holding the phone in your hand and moving it around, it's effortless. So the entire learning goes 100% into learning camera movements, what would look good. And once you have a sense of that, once I get a mastery of what shots I want to have in this room, then when I go with my drone, it's just a matter of the skill of executing it instead of at the same time, I'm trying to like, you know, not crash, not kill anybody. And also think, okay, what kind of shots would work? And I hope that's a new skill for me.
1: Learning to direct your own shots and f- having a vision in your head of what you want the finished product to look like.
0: Yeah, so this will rapidly help me. And you know, if you ever get into this stuff, uh, rapidly get a sense of what shots you like, which ones you would connect with, and start having that habit of planning when you walk in. So then if you do something more difficult, like you're in a situation where you can only film it once, or it's like fireworks or you know, something like that, you, know, you don't have, you already have that tool set to whip out. You're only gonna work on the hard part. Very nice. Then doing it this week, I ran into two or three major significant surprises which I'm glad to find the question as soon as possible so now I can prepare for it and go back and redo it. Can you guess what any of those might be filming in hotel bars?
1: Uh, I'm going to guess legality of filming other people. I'm mm-hmm. guessing you need their permission or something like that mm-hmm. in order to post it or do something where you could actually make a career out of this. Mm-hmm. Um I'm guessing there's going to be quite a bit of background noise that you're going to need to find a way to minimize if you're going to do any recording audibly in there. Mhm. And then I'm going to say lighting.
0: That is number 1. Lighting? I really appreciate this course. It's full on like we just want to focus on getting your skill. So as much as possible, start with the gear you have now. They even give you for the same price, one version for cameras, another version for just using your smartphone. And just like with the drone, the same message is, you can get so much done with whatever you have right now, the cheap one, just get it and go, except dark conditions are the one thing. Destroys everything. You need high quality equipment film or photograph anything in darkness that's the one thing there's no cheat around really yeah so if you look at uh, I have the Mavic 3 Pro a really popular one is the Mavic 3 mini it's way cheaper so a lot of people use it and there's a whole collection of videos online where people showing off like look at how much you can get with this don't worry about it just take it and go it's a great idea for a video because it has a very large audience Uh, people who are just getting into it and are not willing to spend a lot of money. But if you look, they're all daytime shots. There's none at night at all.
1: That makes sense.
0: And I showed you the list of all the hotels and all the really good bars. It is, you know, noon right now. On a sunny day, it is a nuclear 110 degrees outside. It doesn't get more bright than this, Ryan. Yeah. There's not a single bar we could go into that wouldn't look like it's midnight. Because that's how they're designed. That's how they're decorated.
1: Yep. They're trying to be that dim, smoky lounge area.
0: And it's great. That's actually what I love about it.
1: Absolutely. I love that atmosphere.
0: So that's the other fun part. The All same time project.
1: I hate working at them.
0: Oh, you don't like that? Oh,
1: my God. Man, imagine if every time you went to work, you couldn't see a blue sky. You couldn't see the sun. There was nothing. Mm. And you just lose track of time. There's concept of time. You're just stuck there. Mm. It is horrible. I I don't know. I need to see the sky north. It does so much good for my mental health. Versus spending six to eight hours in a dark room.
0: That's a really good point. And you're right. It is intentionally to like have the lack of. Time passing, so people just spend as much time as they want.
1: Oh, absolutely. Business-wise, it's a great idea. As a consumer, I love it. As someone who's worked at one of those, can't stand working it.
0: Scissors and Scotch had a good setup. You're flat out staring right out into this beautiful...
1: Oh, I know. I've, I lucked out there.
0: There's a bar that I spent a whole lot of time out down in the Music City Valley. Okay. And it's wraparound garage doors all the whole building. So you really feel connected to outdoors, which is a big part of why I liked spending time there.
1: As much as I like those dimly lit lounges, there is something to be said about the more peaceful, outdoor, bright, sunny, happy places. Mm. There's a time and place for both of them, I think.
0: That I feel 100%. This is an example of like these really deep things that are useful in filmography and storytelling, but also really start revealing what is really important for you know our lives. Where this high speed, high intensity studying and producing—it's really satisfying, really great. But start to feel burned out. Took some time off, and it's like, okay, this complete quiet time of doing absolutely nothing is also important, and that matches the vibe of these bars. It's nice to have. You know, that warm, friendly bar. And it's also really nice to have these completely dark ones where you kind of just get to turn your mind off and let go of worrying about what's happening an hour from now and just be... Disconnected
1: from everything. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So no, none's perfect, but, you know, having that mix of both, it's huge.
1: Balance is important in everything.
0: So, yep, you hit on it. It's The lighting is the number one thing. Okay. So I'm going to have to figure out either an alternate project, get some equipment that's capable of like photographing at night or, which is probably the best advice, just do it anyway, not caring if it's valuable or releasable, just use it as a training project.
1: Or I would say go somewhere that isn't dark and practice there first. Go to a distillery. Go to Nelson's Greenbrier. Mm. It is not that same darky lounge area. Uh, Go to Pennington Distilling. They've got a big garage door. Uh, Go to Leaper's Fork and just do drone footage of that old log building. Yeah. There's so many great options for you that still would be connected tangentially to what you're looking for, and you can practice on that while you're Building up your skills until you feel that you're ready to take that next step.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, you had a couple of ideas in there. The trick is I need something that's beautiful to film from the drone. Because that's the main thing I want to be like, developing. And most happy warm bars, they're all one-story buildings. Oh yes. So there's nothing I can film. They're usually surrounded by stuff, so the drone can't even get there without colliding with uh-huh. something. So it's the tall buildings. One, I love them. And two, they're super easy to film with a drone because they're up, up, you know, 500 feet in the air. And there's nothing around. Just sure. shoot it. It's great. Uh, but Leaper's Fork, it's out in the middle of an open plane. I could totally do that one.
1: I think that one would be a great one just to go practice. And I'm sure those guys would love it and love to get some of the footage themselves, even from you.
0: And that's an easy place to get uh, the other issue the people issue you're hitting on completely. That's number two. And there is. You know, we know each other. If I was completely strangers, leapers forks, you know, like we have so much shared interest, we'd become friends really fast. So going there and, you know, very quick way to learn that stuff.
1: I mean, the last time we were both there together, it was Sir Paul. I think came out and brought a bottle with him and joined us, sitting by your tr- uh, truck and drinking whiskey out of red Solo cups.
0: Yeah, that was a fun day.
1: Very much our people. They. I think they would be thrilled that you've taken that much of an interest in them and again I think they'd want to get their hands on some of the footage themselves from it.
0: And since it's something I care about so much, starting off and doing these projects for free, there's a certain point where it's a bad idea to do, but at least once it's such a massive amount you learn that I recommend everybody do it. Just pick something. Don't worry about it's going to be good enough to be paid for it. Don't worry if there's a market for it. Just pick something and make it because you will learn so many things you didn't know you needed to learn in order to complete that whole circle. And Leaper's Fork, if they get any value out of it all, I'll be happy that they're getting value out of it. Not worried about, well, I don't care. Why did you know, Ridgestone not give me some cash for this.
1: See, my mind is the asshole mind that's saying... Don't do it for free. Do it for a dollar. Do it for a drink, something. Mm. And that way you can go to the next place and say, hey, I got paid to do drone footage for a distillery before. Would that be something you're interested in?
0: This <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's also a good idea,
1: They, You don't need to disclose how much they paid you.
0: That's in a such fuzzy realm, realm because I swear the whiskey Everyone industry is so that. friendly that you could walk in. Just walk in today and be like, hey, I'm... Um, I know, but could I have a free drink? And there's at least a 50% chance they're like, ah, fuck it, here you go. They don't know you. There's literally nothing going on. They're like, yeah, okay, it's hot today.
1: I don't know. I, I don't know if they don't know you. I think if you build a little rapport with them, there's a chance. I think if you were a stranger and walked up and said, hey, it's my birthday, there's a chance they just pour you one without you asking for it. Yeah. It's, it's a great industry.
0: I felt that the rod too this is what makes having whiskey a part of this not seem like it makes sense but really still connects with storytelling so much
1: oh absolutely I mean that's the number one thing to do while well, you got a drink in your hand is tell a story
0: I wonder if the culture is a little different in you know things like gin or you know brewing where you have alcohol and you have all the same fundamental things but maybe the vibe would be different with the people
1: I feel like at this point in time, most of the people in this industry are doing it because they have fond memories where it's either them and their dad drinking a beer, them and their friends having rum and coke, something like that. They've got some personal connection that made them go, I want to be able to help provide this for others. I've yet to find someone who doesn't have a story like that in this industry.
0: There's still the different nature of it. Like I always talk about. It actually happened on Wednesday when I was checking out the bars. Some girl walks in, and I can tell by the way she looks, she's looking at me that she likes me, and it really just starts being completely rude. And I, and my first thing is because I've had enough experiences. Like, so are you from California? And she's like, Yeah. How do you know? Yeah. So I would not. I don't know. So I'm not going to pretend I know. But I wouldn't be surprised if you say went into. You know gin distilling and you know there's a lot of people based in california that they would have that connections like you're saying but the they connection would, just would be
1: express to, it differently
0: or possibly yeah they could be really happy but they express it in the kind of confrontational status you know competing way we're like no get the heck out of my bar come back when you're better uh no free drinks we're better than that or even maybe like they genuinely have negativity inside of them from all the like snobbery and hostility and stuff like i remember i was in to was with this girl once and she literally was talking about errington vineyards you know years before i even knew the name of the place and she was so derisively mocking people for enjoying things made out of blueberries i'm like you seem like you're broken inside
1: yeah if i'm sorry but taste is subjective the only wrong opinion you can have on taste is saying that someone else is wrong.
0: Yeah. The lack of ability to enjoy stuff is the, really the only flaw I can comprehend.
1: And I mean, there's drinks out there I don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Can't stand the Lord. 90% <laughs> of people can't stand the Lord either. <laughs> know, the 10% I... that do, more power to them, I will happily give them every bottle that comes my way. Mm. I'm not going to say that they're wrong for enjoying it, I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to say you can have that, and I'll have my whiskey.
0: And that's more fun for everybody.
1: Absolutely. Keeps everyone happy.
0: Which is supposed to be the goal, but I think that's kind of one of the major things that all of this is starting to reveal. There's a lot of people that aren't trying to be happy.
1: No. They, I think that there's... A disconnect with some people where they're still trying to be happy. They just think that by presenting themselves as knowing better and being more, I don't know, savvy and intellectual than you and going, oh no, this wine is from 2008. That year was shit wine. Mm. Okay. Guess what? I like it you can go fuck yourself. It's still good. Just because it's not what you're looking for, and just because there might be something better, doesn't make this not good.
0: Mm-hmm. That seems to come hand in hand. The people who are most obsessed with status are the least capable of enjoying any of the things that they do have.
1: It's, mm, don't get me wrong. There are times where I catch myself doing that, too. Where... Right. I've had glasses of uh, whiskey where the bottle retails for four grand. I've been very spoiled with how much good whiskey I've Mm -hmm. had. And then I'll get a shot of Evan Williams. And, God, it is watery because I am used to drinking high-proof liquor, not 40%. (laughs) And it is meant to be the least oppressive spirit there is so that way everyone can drink it. And I am used to so much more complex and depth of character that it's not bad. It's just boring to me. Now, if someone likes that, sure, that's great. I don't know. I I wouldn't really complain if someone made me an old-fashioned with one. But if I could have, like, Woodford Reserve for an extra dollar, I'm doing it every time. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. You know what you like and what you enjoy, and you're able to gravitate towards that.
1: It's knowing the difference between cheap, watered-down liquor and not as easily accessible, this is more potent version of it. It'd be the same as someone from Italy who's used to drinking espresso coming over to America and seeing a Starbucks. Yeah. and going, you have ruined this art form by adding all this water and sugar to it. Mm. You're not wrong, but they can still enjoy it. It's fine. Yep.
0: yeah. You grew up and you like it. Okay, I wanted to talk a little bit about this idea of the iceberg. I feel like you've run into this, so stop me and let me know your thoughts on this too.
1: I believe I know what you're talking about where something from... in uninformed point of view looks like a small piece of ice above the water but then when you dive into it and try and learn about it there's so much more was it like eighty percent beneath the water
0: yeah so that's what this learning content creation has felt like to me that for so long just studying and trying and trying to figure stuff out coming up to nine months now since started you know actively pursuing this, and just finally getting to the point where there's something peeking out above the surface of the water. And the interesting thing I've realized is that's actually right and the way it should be. Every time I talk about it with people, nearly everybody, their immediate reaction is, stop making it a hobby, get an audience, get a market, do this now, 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 now. Not a single person has said, Oh, yeah, you should try some more things or just have, have some fun with it or, you know, pick three things that aren't in your wheelhouse and go look at those just to see how you feel about those. Everybody's immediately you need to stop, you know, playing around. You need to cut it down. Uh, the automatic assumption is that you just been messing around with this for decades and you're just procrastinating and being a coward and you just need someone to yell at you and force you to do it. And I would say my experience has been the complete opposite. When you go to college, you take like four years. Four years of studying before you go out and do your first thing. And when you're doing that, how much of that is general ed?
1: Yeah, that's quite a bit. That's very true.
0: You have general ed within your department. And then they have general ed beyond that, where you just need to take a language and do some art appreciation class that has nothing even tangentially related to it. And I'm critical of the university system, but in a lot of ways, that's one of the things they got right. In hindsight, now that things are starting to click for me, at least being able to create stuff, create what I want to make, I see how I got here. And so much of it was from that just trying everything out. When I switched from, you know, focusing on, you know, speaking to do the drone thing, you know, a couple people in my life like, come on, you're just getting distracted, you know, focus, you're just you're just bouncing from thing to thing. You're not actually doing anything, you're just hanging around. That taught me so much about storytelling by viewing the real core thing from a different art form. It all comes down to creating an emotion in an audience.
1: Absolutely just figuring out which artistic medium you're, you've got more talent for or which one you're more excited to learn about, that's a great, great way of looking at things.
0: That, I feel, is the most important part. Same thing I'd say about college. More than on like, the education or the weird networking contacts you get, it literally is just kind of being sort of forced to try everything and not read a book about it, not read a pamphlet, but actually try doing everything and then sit with it for at least a semester and feel, do I actually hate this now that I got some skill at it? Or do I like doing this? Do I like doing this more than the thing I thought I would do? Like the number of people who change majors before they graduate and have a better career and a more fulfilling life because they switched to the thing that they, they love more but they didn't know existed. Very
1: true, I like that. That's a great point of view that you found.
0: It's been really key for me. I got obsessed with the drone stuff for a while and got far enough where I could take a step into that. And now I'm doing the ground based filmography thing. And there's a whole extra angle it adds. It teaches me a whole lot of stuff, but I'm also getting to feel how much do I like doing this versus the other two things I was doing. And going through these courses, I hear this valuable There are valuable stories of how they got there. It's not something they're even trying to teach, but I think there's a lot of use in that. Where they go, oh, I started off with this, and then I did that, and it turns out what I really, really love doing is this, and I, I haven't done those other things in maybe three years, and hearing that you can take these like Legos and combine them together, I can make something that does use 100% whiskey knowledge, 100% drone, 100% you know speaking, 100% indoor photography. I can make something that combines all four of those, or only three, or only two, so really just diving into everything that seems like it might be interesting or might be useful. Giving yourself a solid year to just do your general ed. I would recommend that to myself and anybody who ever tries this again.
1: I like that. That's a very good way of putting it. And I'm going to have to try a few new things myself now and challenge myself with that.
0: I wanted to ask you about that because I know you're much further along than I am on the The verbal storytelling but you did mention some about video and it sounds like you had some other ideas that were interesting to you that you might want to you know experiment with
1: yeah i i don't know i honestly never thought of myself as a writer but it's so baked into the whiskey sommelier program that over four years it's kind of been forced upon me and to where now it's okay i have some skill at this I should be using it but I haven't looked into other forms and I haven't played around too much with anything else so I should challenge myself and do that
0: when you were talking about video what were you thinking of
1: honestly just I know that algorithms really promote video highly. Mm-hmm. So using that to help build an audience, using that as a tool, I wasn't thinking of a specific style of video.
0: All right. Well, could be interesting to see. I know next couple of months is gonna be really busy for you. Yes. But when you have some disposable time, just whatever it is, throw it out there and you know, s- see how you feel and see what happens.
1: I will do that.
0: If you're interested in doing the whole talking head thing, that's the next thing I'm going to be focusing on for a bit. That's what all this equipment showing up here is for. So uh, I would definitely be able to give you a jump start on that. So you'd be able to do that with less time investment.
1: I will appreciate any advice you can give me.
0: And that's going to be the plan for next time, our last meet. We're going to have all of your Yeah, we will have to have a parting glass then. But it'll be the first attempt of recording with video.
1: Sounds good.
0: On that topic, I noticed you're, you know, as always, you're right. The algorithms strongly prefer a face, a person. On top of that, though, you have a lot you can do with that. So um, the podcasts apparently get a whole lot more traction on YouTube than they do on Spotify. And just slicing into small segments uh, on, like, TikTok, and Instagram? It sounds annoying as heck, but what I just realized this past week is those are such low-hanging fruit to hit.
1: Yeah, I i don't know, man. Like I know they get tons of views because someone will accidentally leave their phone playing it on repeat, and they'll accidentally <laughs> watch it 10, 15 times. So you might get, instead of one listen, maybe two if you're lucky, you'll get three or four out of a person if it's quick. But, man, I cannot stand that type of content myself. Yep. I, I don't know why. If I'm watching something, I want to be invested. I want to actually be able to sit down with it, not just, oh, it's done already. I, I don't know.
0: And this is kind of one of the things I want to get into. of Why it's so important to try this stuff out. Because I 100% agree with you. Feel the same way. Also. So with the drone thing, it's a hard thing where it's hard to make the camera stable for a long period of time. Right. But with the demand for these short things, like, okay, you don't have to. So you have this small thing you can do to get started. Super, like you know, has value, is pop, pop, popular, but it gives you that 85% achievable thing you can do and start doing that loop and practicing and getting some good stuff. You'll learn a whole lot from those. Maybe after you advance, it might start to feel more, you know, like you're punching below your weight. But in the beginning, it's such an incredible way to master your craft. And I want to tell you a quick example. So you have over here, You have YouTube Studio. Uh, I actually forgot. Gotta plug this in. Cross Cross. your fingers. Okay, there we
1: go. First try.
0: So this is YouTube Studio and First time coming into it, there's all these super helpful tutorials from YouTube that want you to help you out with doing this. Oh, come on. I can't even click on the tab.
1: <laughs> it's kind of hidden by that bar there. That's not really helpful. Oh, there we go.
0: Okay. Oh, my Lord. It embodies everything I hate about YouTube. So much condensed. Like, look at the thumbnail.
1: Yeah, that looks so bad.
0: Do you think that there's a single straight person in this entire video?
1: I mean, it's not even that, just... God, everyone looks so artificial there. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a really just shitty lasso tool on Photoshop to outline these people and cut them out of a picture. The low
0: quality side, that I can give a pass on, but you watch the video, every single person in there is disgusting. People like I would just hate to be in a room with for more than five seconds just fake soulless you know it's a
1: Tolkien character it's not a real person they're just throwing it in there to make them seem diverse and everything
0: yeah but these are they're they're children and the whole point is like they don't have a topic it's not like i'm using all my skills i've got to like for storytelling to tell you about this important thing or this skill i have or this experience i have like they're kids they don't have any skills they don't have a perspective. They have nothing to say. So all it is—they may just, have gotten
1: lucky and had something go viral, and now a, a ton of kids watch them for no reason.
0: It's all empty, and this is what you know—the huge amount of volume. You know, it's like if you're trying to sell McDonald's burgers. You know, it's the back, maximum amount of units that are out there, but that's not what most people do. Most people aren't going out to dinner for McDonald's. It's just the, the biggest thing to show, and if you want to make something that is completely neutral. That would apply to every person then these people who actually have no soul is what you go with
1: it's like what i described evan williams as before it's as unoffensive to as many people as possible so that way no one will be turned away from it
0: yeah it's just completely empty completely but to you empty. and
1: i who have dove a little deeper into this it's boring
0: this it goes to the point where it just feels insulting that humans are capable of being so much more that wasting your time making that stuff or watching that stuff having that promoted and held up I find offensive
1: yeah it's that is a little shameful
0: so that's how I feel about those whole reels the point I'm trying to get at is completely right completely agree with you also both exist so YouTube probably the, mass, the vast majority of creators on YouTube are this style of person We both disagree with that but your stuff exists as well and there's entire communities of people making stuff like that it's a whole nother world you don't have to interact and those short form reels on instagram and stuff like that same thing applies the stuff you're talking about that bothers you completely exists high quality meaningful versions that exist too and it's such a good learning stone
1: and who knows, maybe I can use this like a fishing lure and drag some of those people over from the dark side into the light here.
0: That's sort of the point of it. They're kind of 15, 30-second trailers. And if you're you know, practicing you know, recording unscripted stuff, maybe right now 80% of it you wouldn't be satisfied with, but 10% of it was. Well, great. Well, you easily have 30-second bites that you can take right now Put a flag on the ground and use and you'll learn all the little details and complete that loop. Like, well I didn't know I need to think about this or that until I actually started putting something out. And you have that right now.
1: Interesting. Okay. I think I'm gonna have to make a channel.
0: Give it a shot. It's a good education. I just went through this very loop myself this week where I'm banging my head so hard on trying to get these edits for these this you know. 30 minutes of footage that I got added down to a two minute thing with you know 60 cuts of a bunch of things that are six seconds and it hit me like dude I can just take that take two six second things put it on Instagram and I have something and it's done and I can start learning from that instead of needing these massive chunks in order to be able to move forward and learn
1: that makes sense I hate to say it but you're convincing me
0: we can raise the bar Ryan. Yeah. Okay, let me figure out where I went. I want to start showing you some examples now. Do we have sound?
1: Fingers crossed
0: again. I'm going to just completely go this route. Let's make sure stuff happens. And now we have our recording equipment, so audio is going to be a little interesting. Oh, and I have it connected by both Wi-Fi and the gable. (laughs) All right, maybe this isn't the whole thing, but we'll try. So I need to go to the audio settings and tell it... To output, oh, I might have to do that thing. Give me a second to see if I can figure this out.
1: Take your time.
0: Okay, yeah, it should the speakers.
1: In the meantime, I'm going to tease what I think is coming up soon from mm-hmm. that glimpse of the plan I saw. I am so excited to talk about colors because mm. I found uh, my notes and They were just scribbles. They didn't have the full thought, but I tried to flesh them out as best I could into my fresh journal here. And the bit that I am so excited to share with you is I had completely forgotten about it. He had talked about what effect you also get if you take the color too far to an extreme. Mm -hmm. So it can be, here's what it is when it's used good and easy. And here's what impression you can give when you take it to too far. So it's getting a secondary use out of it or something to avoid.
0: That makes sense. A lot of things do kind of have that peaking thing where the the quality it transforms. Gives it a whole different meaning. What the crap? It says that the speakers are plugged in.
1: might need to pause the recording for it. Let's see. 4.
0: Oh, okay. it's over. <laughs> I can fix that later. Okay, yeah. We'll <laughs> fix it in post. Yeah. Okay, definitely recording. I like that we have the two separate tracks. That's going to be so I'm really pleased with this.
1: I'm excited that and I'm glad we're both recording in stereo too, not just one singular. Oh, that
0: yeah, so I'm what,
1: surprised the audio was as good as it was for that first couple ones. Then
0: it it was a huge thing. Uh, we have like these lav mics, which you know I, I got. They're super cheap and they're gonna be super useful. They can get just as good as quality sound, but they really don't resist ambient noise. So if you soundproof your room, like you're just doing digital recordings, you're perfectly fine. You could have a good podcast with two people on that. But here, with you know all the traffic noise and the way my house is shaped, these mics are really getting a good workout
1: absolutely all right so the two things i would touch on in the video first the one that i really liked is the transitions when she is in the woods and that uses a, her walking pie tree and the camera pans through it and then it cuts to the other side of the tree and it's a different angle on her Mm. so the first one's like the shoe then it's a wider shot then it's more close up on her upper body really like how that was done it felt very connected the one where she steps and it goes from mountain to woods Mm. the whooshing wind to the like cricket chirping insect noises that felt a little too jarring to me Mm. i I don't know. I would do something to try and make that... I know you're trying to do a split-cut show that's very different, but that seemed a little too... I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is.
0: I like the word jarring.
1: I think jarring, yeah. that's.
0: So, I am impressed and not surprised how much you picked up on that. I hope I can find the full video and ask you then later, but there's, yeah, all these different layers of sound. You got the music, you got the steps, then you have like the, the ambient thing, like the crickets versus the, the wind and stuff like that. And this class focusing on it in detail, now I can actually appreciate how much that adds because all this stuff, if it's done well, it's supposed to be invisible. You have more impact, more feeling, but it's not noticeable. Why? And you do a lot of work with that. So you you know saw everything that was happening.
1: I I do have a little bit more insight on this than I'm even aware of at times, which mm-hmm. is fun. Um, so just to clarify, you said there was absolutely no sound with that when he recorded it, right? In that case, he did a really good job of matching what the footstep would sound like and having that timing. He got that very well done. Again, just the background noise, I would have had it probably be a little bit quieter. That way the music's coming through a little bit louder. Maybe have one strong gust of wind to make it more noticeable. Have that die off a little bit and then slowly bring in the insects as she's walking across to this new biome, something like that.
0: Mm. These are all the levers that you have a high level ability and you're tweaking those. This is why I appreciate for me so much having gone the breath away, a lot of myself get distracted, waste time on other things. Absolutely. But because of this class going in another direction, now I have appreciation for how much this adds to it when we've talked about this before. I'm like, "Eh, I don't care. I'm not going to do that with my stuff. And now like, yeah, Ryan was right. That adds a whole lot to it.
1: It's amazing how much the little details subconsciously you notice.
0: Hmm. Subconsciously notice.
1: Whether people know it or not, they'll notice little things. And they won't know why something was jarring. They'll just know, oh, that was a little bit of a step. And that could be exactly what he wants. It might be used to get attention. Mm -hmm. Without knowing what the purpose was, I'd be looking for a more smooth, cohesive story is what I tend to work on.
0: Yeah. It makes sense in the greater whole, so I will try to find the full thing for next time. I'm
1: guessing he's trying to sell the shoes, so it was... Again, something where it's, everyone in today's society has ADHD brains. Mm -hmm. They're all addicted to short videos, clips. So having something where it makes a quick change like that helps keep people having their attention on the screen.
0: Yeah, that's one thing that they covered where they used to tell everybody that when you're making videos online, you have to have some kind of visual change every 10 seconds. If you're just doing a talking head, you're not going to have any kind of scene chain, so have a graphic or something. Something appear or change every 10 seconds. And now they're like, well, we have so much data coming in, so we know what works and doesn't. It's not 10 seconds anymore. It's five.
1: I can believe that.
0: That actually ties back to this whole iceberg concept. Developing your skills is like the iceberg, but making your piece of content, it's like an iceberg, too. And I'm sure you've noticed this putting your podcast together, where You get those graphs right over here.
1: Oh, your analytics?
0: Yeah. And this makes so much sense. It applies to movies. It applies heavier to video games. I need to get something older. Sorry. Hmm. So the retention graph. If somebody gets bored and stops watching, then immediately the rest of the things in your video have no value at all. You know, this. So any improvements made to this part of the video, that affects everybody. Improvements made to this part of the video only affects 30% of the people. So you logically, as you do this more, spend more of your time at the beginning of the video than the end of it. So when I'm building stuff for the past couple of weeks, you know, I'm thrilled that I'm finally able to get stuff out on Fridays. I think that whole month where I didn't put anything out was making me feel like crap, man. But what happens is you have that edit that you're working on and it feels like, "Fuck, I need to make it 2 minutes long," and I've spent 5 hours just to get the first 20 seconds, and it feels like this is going to take forever. But it's the iceberg. That's the 80%, and once you have like the beginning part done, the rest of the video comes so fast, because it doesn't require as much detail and care as the first bits.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think I had mentioned in one of our early on talks here that uh, something that I learned from Brian's class was the idea of, I think it was, you need to have your first hook within the first five seconds if that second one needs to be at 10-15 seconds and then a third one I'll have to go back and look what those times were but just once you really get them set and they're interested and invested after you get that set the rest of it doesn't need to be as much they're already on the line you've already got them once you get that level of attention they're far less likely to break free and get distracted from it.
0: Yeah. So you have to invest in the beginning of your video and the rest, you know, I'm almost saying it's almost like the beginning part is 80% work that you have to invest in your audience. And after you've made that investment, then you've earned the right to spend the rest of the 80% of the video doing what you want to do or talk about or share or make, but you just got to pay that price first to get in
1: absolutely
0: so i had a lot of thoughts on that i really like that idea uh it seems to apply like the way you learn it seems to play how you make an edit every single process which is why uh your advice of just take 85 percent of what you can do right now and do it complete it complete it has been such good advice that this past two weeks has been about finding how that rule applies to other places as well and applying it everywhere
1: I'm glad that you took that and ran with it. Mm.
0: Well, I don't have every invention, but I can recognize good things when I see it. It was also interesting, too, where uh, I'll probably end up cutting this if we don't have time, but I wanted to talk about all the good non-technical things that the guy was teaching in this course. Okay. And one of those was that, where uh, he put it in a way I really like that for every hour of consuming you do, you should spend one hour of creating.
1: I remember you mentioned that before, yeah. Yeah. It's a great rule, and goddamn, we'd probably both have hundreds of hours of content by now.
0: So that's where I got into that um, toggle thing, and that's been working great for me. I have an app on my computer. So I can see an icon to tell if I've turned it off or not. But I've been tracking throughout the week how much time I spend on studying courses. Now, you could say sure. that's you know creating, because you're putting in effort, and it's not, it's not passive. But I'm, that's in the bucket of something that's easy for me to do. I sit. I just go, uh-huh, 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 take notes, think about it. I don't actually have to make anything. And then the other bucket is the time I spend actually editing my videos, getting it closer to being able to release. And having this makes me feel a lot more comfortable and rewarded with the whole iceberg thing. Instead of looking at it like, well, what the fuck did I do with my week? I haven't gotten anything that's releasable. You know, I turned down all these invites to go hang out. Like, man, am I just slacking off? Am I just stupid? But I look at this, like, oh, I'm grinding. You know, I put, you know, eight hours this week into editing and So I know that I'm learning. I know I'm getting better at the doing, the creating, and I'm getting closer to that tip of the iceberg. This helps me feel a lot better about all that.
1: That's great. What did he say that was called?
0: It's Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. Okay. Since I started using this, my my ratio has definitely improved. The way I feel about the sort of thankless work of editing has improved a lot, and I've noticed That makes me put more time into it, and the editing is starting to get easier now. I'm finally starting to get the skill to think, oh, I want to do this, oh, I know how to do it. It's done, and I only have to spend my time thinking about, okay, how does that look? How does that feel? And make those artistic decisions that I want to be learning.
1: Very nice.
0: So I'd recommend this. Uh,
1: I think I'm gonna, is that like an extension that you download, or is that just a website?
0: It's on everything you have, which means it's a fleshed out product. Okay. They do a good job of giving you everything that people like you and I would need for free, hoping that if you succeed and you get into a business mark, business in the future, then you'd have goodwill towards them. The stuff for tracking uh, like costs, billable hours, and stuff like that, that's what they start selling you.
1: Gotcha. So if this turned into a business, and if you hired an editor, if you hired someone to help coordinate brand deals then you could start using it for that part of your business as well. And that's when mm-hmm. they'd... Interesting. That's so, a fun way of investing into future creators.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I've seen that in a lot of other ways. I have something else that I'm going to definitely have to send another week. But I've seen this pyramid of how uh, teaching can be beneficial for you. Because I always think, you know, I'm doing this course. I'm like, well, why would these guys teach if they're so good at it? If they're so good at it, wouldn't they just make the videos and get paid for it? And when they want, not want to teach other people that have more competitors in their space, but there is a thing where you know, there's people who don't know, you give them the basics for free. The ones who are good at it actually take that learning and get good enough to like, you know, get their first job. Like, okay, now there's more people who are good enough to get their first job. They have some funding that they want to invest in. Okay, I'm gonna make a second tier of courses that I'm gonna charge money for. So in a way, there is a good motivation to kind of give away your skills because the more people, it's like a feudal society, the more people that rise up and become successful, that's a bigger market for you to try and sell an even better course to. The, the more successful they become, the higher level things that they're willing to pay for, and they like you, they studied with you for, your, for, for level one, so you're definitely going to have a huge conversion rate when trying to convert to level two. And it's kind of good for both of you.
1: It's kind of like how uh, different medical companies will give or donate pro- uh, their different products to medical schools. So the students yeah. will learn on it and are comfortable with it. And then when they go to work for a hospital or a doctor's office, they're probably going to get the same product that they know how to use and are comfortable with.
0: And the amount of time you save time is so valuable especially the higher you rise in business that the idea of searching for something else and wasting time because it turned out to be bad is huge and you just stop doing that i have done courses that i didn't like and i just you know got my money back from they're not all worthwhile so the fact that this guy like okay yeah that was worthwhile and when i'm ready to make my whiskey course they have a lesson on that like well i don't have to worry about wasting time on something that might be wrong i'm gonna hire you i know it's gonna work i can just move forward very nice. So this, yeah, they have a Chrome uh, plug-in, and then they have the desktop one. This one makes it easier for me to actually look at the toolbar and see if I've forgotten to the click it or unclick it. Okay. And so uh, between the two of those, I'm pretty, pretty satisfied with it.
1: Does it work on mobile as well?
0: I believe so too. Perfect. That's one thing that's exciting, that there's the whole mobile-only creating ecosystem, which I'd suggest to you is one option to look into. For anything other than night, doing your, your podcast videos, you can record with your, your cell phone. That's what my stand over there is for. Got gotcha. you. And you can edit pretty much all the edits you would need to do for a speaking thing on your phone. There's editing software for that. It's a lot simpler than DaVinci. You could do that. And uh, you'd have your time tracker on there. You could have completely like that. And also, when you travel, that's the only piece of equipment you need to take.
1: Super lightweight.
0: That's the thing that I've noticed, and one thing I've appreciated this course is, even if you had infinite money, the best gear is not always the best gear. Because having to take stuff with you, like having fewer objects, fewer things, is so powerful to get shit done. Show up, record it, get it out.
1: I think my next investment's gonna be one of those lav mics, just so that way I can do more recording I want to make sure it's compatible with my phone here.
0: Oh, well, that's funny. That's why I bought two.
1: Motherfucker. <laughs> All right. No more excuses, then. I got to make a video uh, this week.
0: Yeah. You can do it, you know, in the Minnesota, in the airport, in the park, just whatever.
1: Yep. Son of a bitch. All right. I was not expecting that.
0: Cheaper than a good glass of whiskey.
1: All right, well, I'll owe you a good glass of whiskey for our parting one then.
0: Yeah. I really value this. Just have all the tools there so it can happen now.
1: Yeah, you are a little too good at that, minus (laughs) the power cord.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They sent me the kit, and on Amazon it's like, yeah, it's a package. And then once I ordered, they're like, oh, it's two separate things. We're just going to mail them to you. Anyway.
1: Of course.
0: Next topic. Yes. I'm going to plug in the cord for this because I like this so much. I really love how when you really get down to it, every aspect we're doing connects to being excited and feeling some kind of interesting emotion. Okay.
1: It is interesting how these early conversations start out with you asking me more questions and me telling you past experiences and everything. And very quickly you have become more of the expert than I am on a lot of this. (laughs) Unsettlingly quickly you have become very, very good at all of this.
0: Ryan. Ryan, I am the draft master. I will just follow behind you. You do all the hard work and I will speed you've,
1: up. You've surpassed me in a lot of things, I think.
0: So this makes me so happy. Ryan, we're looking at a map of the U.S. What do you see?
1: Uh, dotted line where it appears as though you're traveling from Iowa to California.
0: Okay, is, is that what you think is happening?
1: Oh, the red dot in California makes it seem like that would be your destination.
0: So, this is a frame from an animation where it's going from California to North Carolina.
1: To North Carolina. Okay. Yeah.
0: This is from that course creator, not course creator, the, the content creator class. And the guy lives in New England. And he was talking about how he's been, you know, progressing and successing, so now he's like been working with building a team and for a good example, tangible examples teach so much more than any of the abstract stuff because, you know, there's stuff that they even forget they need to teach. So he shows this guy because he wants to work with us more moved from California to North Carolina and you have no idea how happy makes me to hear of people working in content creation, getting the fuck out of California. And moving to places where I would want to go.
1: Oh, North Carolina is gorgeous.
0: I'm, it's making me happy. Like, there's a lot of people who are like, I would like to work with them, and I'd like to talk to them, and I'd like to learn with them, but it wouldn't be worth setting foot in California. And everyone's like, well, that's the head of YouTube. That's what I'm like. Okay, it's those people from the video over there. I don't like those people. These guys, I did not even know where they're at, but they seem genuinely cool people, and none of them work in California. He's actually getting so much better that he's, like, creating gravity, drawing more talented people to go to places like this where I would be happy to go and work with them too.
1: Absolutely. I'm a little confused by one thing on their graphic I just noticed. Why is there a star in Alabama's top left corner?
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the whole thing, like, a speed, just get it done. Yeah. I think they took a map and, like, well, yep.
1: Just good enough. Interesting, interesting choice, but hey, it works.
0: I do feel like validated on my ability to tell what people who are smart and talented that I should be learning from and people I shouldn't. Uh, This week, he had like an online call. So pretty much every course I've done, it's a normal thing that they have, and it's a smart idea, but they'll have one hour a week where the the guy will do like an online discussion.
1: It's like office hours type thing.
0: Office hours. That's a great word for it. And, and some of them have been like so-so. Uh, one guy, he just played a video and hung out in the chat. It's so like very minimal interaction. Uh, sure.
1: I'm sure they all have an off week or something where it, they needed be a little less engaged.
0: Yeah. Certainly not complaining. Having like them there so like if you wanted to get into a bigger discussion that opportunity is there that's huge it's a great idea but it had an extra bonus for this guy i went to his first one on on tuesday and holy fucking christ ryan the amount of enthusiasm that he has for this makes me so happy to see
1: that's fantastic
0: going through the courses you, you have that kind of questions like well was this recorded three years ago and, and now, like, it's just abandoned. It a little just burnt about? out. Once Was he like, OK, got to put on a happy face for the cameras. And then once it's over, I can go back to my other life. And then the other thing, which makes me especially happy, it's like, OK, he's reading weird word, word for word a script, you know. But like, if he's actually sitting in a room, you're know, like, how much can he really talk about this stuff? 100%. The guy's like, yeah, I'm off camera. I'm just, I mean, off script. I'm just talking, answering questions of things. He's gotten so good by doing scripted things like you do that we hoped it transferred over It made him really good at just doing live flowing discussions because there's so much overlap between the two
1: That's great and great to hear that that will definitely help me out in the long run
0: And I like that idea that this is where you can actually end up being a happy person doing this uh, the whole idea of like okay, why would you sell this unless you're incompetent? Like, nope there's a good explanation of why you would, you know, making money but also like doing this. I'm like, okay, do you eventually just start to sell out and make tiny little Instagram videos or weird woke YouTube videos, just whatever sells? Like he's living his pretty like, you know, financially successful life, still doing this out of excitement. We got to the end and he's like, Okay, this is gonna be an hour, but like my camera, it's not fully charged, so it might cut out early. And if it does, that'll just be the end of the meeting. Forty minutes into it, cuts out. Sure. sure enough. Two seconds later, he's plugged in his laptop. That was actually a really good question. Let's get into this anyway. Goes on. You know, it he like he's like, Oh man, it's been an hour. Like, These are really good questions. And he's like just so enthusiastic about the creation, the teaching, and all of it, you know?
1: That's so fun.
0: Every cornerstone of what I believe true success is. That was great to see.
1: I love hearing that. That's It's rare when someone really gives you a look behind the curtain like that, and it lives up to your expectations.
0: Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. I was, I was happy to see that. Um, And in the course, and especially in this like office hour, you know, towards the end he's getting stuff like there's all these things that are adjacent to meaning of life that are just complete gems coming out that go beyond just, okay, how do I make money? How do I make videos that are popular? Um, I think I had a list of some of them right here, but I just want to hit a couple if I can navigate this guy, the 50, 50 ratio. We talked about that, uh, he had a good thing of talking about like marathon versus sprint, like the whole burnout thing. Yep. And
1: yourself a little bit.
0: Yeah. The The metaphor I like, it's like if you're trying to, you know, say you're going to try to fill up a bathtub with a bucket and you're going to ask yourself, how long does it take you to fill up the bathtub? It's like, okay, well, it takes me 20 seconds to pour the bucket and it's going to take 500 buckets. It's like, well, you're not just going to pour the bucket and stand there. The bucket becomes empty and nothing more comes out of it. You have to go back and refill the bucket before you can do it again. Most tasks in like, in life are like you know a hose You just keep going you grind and grind and grind but anything creative you have to refill that creativity and the suggestion he had that i found really interesting was run versus walk just keep doing your work but find something that's like a walk pace so you still like feel connected to it and you start regenerating that love of it by doing it in an enjoyable way so for example In drone photography, it's so important to film things that are famous icons that other people know about. It's like, fuck it. Go out, film some trees. Film something that you like that no one else cares about. Um, Stuff like that. And I thought that was a pretty interesting idea.
1: I like that a lot, that refilling your bucket, that makes complete and total sense and is great advice on how to avoid burning yourself out and turning this into just another job.
0: I've heard a lot of people talk about this concept, but they say, okay, take some time away from it, you know, go hang out with your family, go to the lake, but saying, keep doing your art, just do a relaxed, purely, you know, for yourself version of it as a way to refill yourself, actually seems like that's even a better idea.
1: Yeah, that's, that might be the best advice I've heard in a while. That is very profound.
0: I want to show you one last thing and then get into the um, the follow-up stage. So this is actually kind of fell up. We tried that idea, the whole zoom in and zoom out. I wanted to get your impressions on that. Oh, now sounds working. Oh, this is the unedited one. Anyway, I sent you the edited one. Okay. Did you see it?
1: I did not. When did you send that to me? Is that the more bagpipes link? Because I haven't seen that yet.
0: Oh, well, we'll have to do that then. Okay, right here. Okay, that's enough to get a feel for it, that effect False. thoughts
1: do you remember how much of a zoom you did on that effect?
0: Yeah, yeah I was sweetened jumping between seven and fifteen percent.
1: I would make it more dramatic mm. because at times it was almost enough to where I wasn't perceiving it unless I was looking for it. Yeah, Having it be something where it's so dramatic that they can't help but notice it would be my gut instinct on it.
0: When it's done well, to me it really feels like it has a strong impact.
1: It definitely felt engaging and it did a very good job with it. I would say, though, for the beginning, think of it like those shorts where, okay, I've got five seconds I need to make something just dramatic and catch your attention, and then after a while, you can leave into those more subtle changes. That would be my instinct on it, and who knows if my instincts are any good on this part.
0: No, nah, that sounds 100% right. Uh, okay, I wanted to address that, like, to follow up, and we talked about that. That seemed like that might be a good idea. I just tried it out, even, like, a crappy version of it, Learn a whole lot from. Because then we can talk about it, and you're like, well, okay, there's something there. You should dial it up to 20%, 30%. Okay. Uh, so you have seen-
1: done more than 20 30% even. I would cut it to where it's just shoulder up, and that's all you see for that is just a box around your face. You are real tight. <laughs> Just overly dramatic.
0: Okay, well, we have to do the bagpipe things.
1: Oh, yes. I'm sorry, I meant to watch it. Completely forgot.
0: Oh, so this sound doesn't work.
1: <laughs> of course.
0: So random.
1: I can play it from my phone here. That way we got sound.
0: Oh, that's, that's the good quality, man. We gotta have the good quality. Give me a second.
1: Effect or not zoom, uh, fast-forward effects, so you're zooming around is what I was trying to say. If you use that effect, I would start out far away and then, like, zoom in close to where you're almost going into a hallway, go to something dark, cut to black, and then cut to handheld recording of you walking through it.
0: Yeah. It feels like there are things that deserve a jarring change and there's things that deserve smooth changes and they're not all the same
1: one of the things I've done is I've consumed a lot of media in my life Mm. and I feel like that's given me going back retrospectively and looking at past examples it's helped given me a good feel of what I would do and what seems to work in my mind
0: that's not something you can transfer over to another person?
1: No, it is not. It is probably the least helpful thing I've told you in a while. <laughs> other than the number one thing that directors like to do is watch other people's movies.
0: It has been a very learning experience. That's why I'm so glad to have gotten gotten started with this. Because now when I watch things, anything just walking in my neighborhood, but definitely every movie I've seen and examples of stuff that you'll send me i learn a lot from it now because i'm noticing more than i did before
1: and you don't need to like everything that's out there is the other fun part oh yeah so the same way we, you and i both despise the <laughs> tutorial video on youtube i don't like uh what's his name um did the budapest hotel movie yeah um,
0: west craven no um I know you're talking about. We actually mentioned him last week.
1: Yeah. I personally cannot stand his artistic choices and directing style. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. God, what is his name now? It's going to drive me crazy. I want to say, like, Wes Anderson or something. Sounds good to me. Wes Anderson, I don't like you. (laughs) But Uh, it
0: still teaches you, like, I want to do something opposite of that.
1: Yep. It's important to know, okay... Just because I don't like uh, Pablo Picasso's art, I want to aim more towards renaissance. Let's look at how they're both looking at things differently, and okay, I should shift to be more like this, less Mm -hmm. like this.
0: That's the beautiful thing of working in something meaningful or working in art. As long as you feel something, it's always productive.
1: There's no wrong options. It's just what direction are you trying to go and how can we best get you there?
0: Yeah. The only thing that would be negative would be if you felt nothing at all. Well, that just wasted my time.
1: No, even that, I think to some degree is also impressive because if you can create something where it's just flat and neutral, Mm -hmm. that is harder than it sounds creating something that isn't bad but also isn't good
0: and I, you have a good point that could be useful in certain things It's
1: more difficult than it sounds as someone who's tried to do it once just to be fun mm. hmm. and trying to leverage doing things wrong but in a way to where people still be engaged is not easy So when something is so bad it's good, Mm. it's also something special there. Fast and the Furious. (laughs) I was going to go to some of the old horror movies like um, Ash vs. the Evil Dead.
0: Mm, Yep.
1: It's so bad, but yet it's a cult classic, and they love it because it's so bad at times. It's hard to do it.
0: I had a couple of things, but I'm going to cut those because I really want to get to your thoughts on the coloring.
1: Yes. Uh, so do you have any, I think you said that they had talked about what tinting the film would be like or contray, not contray, what's the word I'm looking for, convey to your audience. Mm. Do you have that available? Because I want to see how these compare.
0: Uh, they don't talk about that in this course. It okay. was this nice 30-minute YouTube video I saw where the guy just sat out with lights, put a model on the chair, and just went through every color and color accommodation. And we'd talk about what he felt, and you'd watch and get a sense of what you felt, too.
1: Okay. So you'll have to tell me how these compare, then. I get the feeling we might want to... I'll make a note of it somewhere in the margins here.
0: Mhm. Okay, happy you want to run this? I'm gonna see if I can find it, but it'd probably take me about fifteen minutes.
1: Don't worry about it. Just from the top of your memory, what you feel for these colors, and we'll go with that. Don't, don't try and find it. Well, there it is. Yeah. Send it to me. I'll watch it later. We don't have a half an hour for that. Yeah. So I'll just, have just background. spark notes it from your memory what the different colors convey.
0: Yeah, the the interesting thing with the number of times that I would disagree with the person, which I think is kind of the whole point. uh, One thing I did feel is blue feels more cold. And any of these things, you could give it both a positive or negative version, and exploring both of those was really useful. So blue is cold, okay? So that could be bad in a way of actual physical coldness emotional distant, but it can be good. How could it be good? It could be good in the ways of just logic mm-hmm. and knowledge. So a lot of really good sci-fi stuff will use blue because that's, you know, this pure cold. Interesting. Beautiful cold.
1: So I do have blue on here and we can talk about that one. I was going to go down Roy G. Biv style and do the colors that way, that way we can keep track of where we are do you want to jump in with blue or should we start with the red let's go to red all right so what does red convey to you
0: i'm going to try and go for it on the fly uh and do a bad and a good version bad would be you know anger um to me it kind of like evokes a certain type of nausea. You know, heat stroke is something I have a lot of experience with. So like really deep reds kind of feel, you know, almost like sickness.
2: Okay. Uh,
0: on a positive tone, what would be the like so you have to have the negative and the positive version of everything? Uh, for red. Certain versions that feel full of energy and possibly warmth and yeah warmth
1: okay so what I have from my nose here is as the base level for red you get feelings of warmth love and passion Mm -hmm. so in a lot of more romantic scenes they'll probably incorporate more red lighting to it I would assume Mm -hmm. but then taking it too far it does lead into a feeling of anger or danger so danger when there's like security alarms going off or something more of a blaring red at that point versus the soft red. Mm. So let's go next to orange.
0: I like how I'm taking it dark, I mean, bad version, a good version, and you're taking it medium version and overdone version.
1: That's how they had it laid out in their notes. So I'm, I like hearing this good versus bad. I know you are a little more. Uh, right versus wrong, where I'm a little more blurring the lines typically. So, this mm-hmm. is a fun take on our personalities as well. To it,
0: yeah. I love this whole theme where any topic you get, there can be so many different accesses to it. So, you know, just seeing there's like a whole other, you know, multiverse to go into exploring on that. The same thing, it's like there's so much potential to explore, and it's fun in all of those.
1: Absolutely. i so let's go stick to this orange
0: orange. I would say kind of low energy relaxed. Okay. You know, that just to me evokes the feeling of when you're at night, just curling up around your campfire and you don't need to say anything more. And you just happy to be interesting. Uh bad version of that would be just dusty desert feel, like dry. Yeah, dry. want to go with.
1: So in mine, uh, in my notes, I had that orange can represent optimism and enthusiasm, hmm. but hmm. when overdone, can feel childish.
0: Ah, uh, Wes Craven.
1: <laughs> so that's I really can't think of many examples of using orange as like a filter
2: mm-hmm.
1: that was when I was struggling to find let me see there was a few but it was mostly when there was children involved, like they were standing in front of a bus and you could tell it was tinted orange like it was a sunset type thing.
0: And so the orange was to, for the childishness of that.
1: Yep. Play into the childish innocence and the optimism.
0: I could see that. Um, somehow just like the high saturation of color can give that feeling. Um that's been a fun thing to play with, even if you have the same palette. If it's medium tones, it feels like real life. If it's not dialed down, it feels like uh, dystopian future. And if it's over-cranked, it feels you know like childish world.
1: I'm trying to think, too. I just thought of a potential good example of this. Uh, Terminator Judgment Day. Yeah. when she's having the dream of the kids playing in the park. I think it mm-hmm. has an orange tint, doesn't it?
0: Yep. It's desert. It's everyone burning in the fire. Well, at first and it's
1: optimistic, it's yep. happy, and then it gets that stronger orange to red tint as the explosion goes off.
0: That's kind of fucking brilliant because they're using both, in my opinion, like the negative and positive version of orange at the same time.
1: They're just slowly ramping it up to that extreme. Mm-hmm. That is... Okay, I'm surprised I even remembered and thought of that one. I'm pleasantly surprised with myself there. So next would be yellow.
0: That would just be simple, you know, simple happiness. It's nice, high visibility. Everything's safe. You can see a whole lot. Interesting. I think orange and yellow are similar enough that you could accomplish a lot of the unpleasant feelings with a high level of orange that you could with the high level of red, I mean yellow and orange.
1: And what would you say would be the bad version of that then?
0: Like we were talking before, it would feel a bit like um, childishness, desert, dry, overheating.
1: Okay. So, for the positives, I had, when used uh, sparingly, curiosity, warmth, and joy.
2: Mm, joy.
1: Which, immediately, you said happiness, which really fun to see that. And I had that when used and taken to an extreme, it can be more fearful. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm not sure if I'm looking at, like warning signs, things like that, caution Interesting. tape, that more neon yellow that would be causing you to be fearful of something.
0: That's actually hitting on what I want to get into next, where brightness of just the sunlight, it goes from too little feels dangerous because you can't see what's going on. Right. There's this right amount which feels safe and happy. But too much is this painful, blinding thing.
1: Finding that balance.
0: Picking the right amount for the mood you're trying to reproduce. That's been also interesting for me. I feel like that is the best gateway of filmography. Because it comes down to... There's that saying that filmography is trying to alter the film to make it look like how it felt. So you're not trying to fake something. You're just trying to make the rectangle. You're maneuver. trying to
1: get that emotion across, not necessarily the reality.
0: Yeah, and you take story completely out of it. Light is a really big thing on that. So you go out and you go, what is going to be the like the happiest time of day for us to go have a lunch, get some beers? It's going to be like midday. The sun's up, everything's super bright. In the real world, with your real eyes, it feels so good. But when you take a photo, it looks harsh. The shadows are really like rapid. And it's, there's something hot in there. Like noon is actually one of the most like dangerous-looking time of the day in a photo, complete opposite way it looks to your eyes, and it's like that weird, weird thing.
1: No, you want to wait till golden hour, which is what probably five, six o'clock.
0: Yeah, maybe exactly. a
1: little later even.
0: So that's an interesting concept, but that noonday thing is the biggest example I see of the difference between reality and how you perceive reality and how you perceive the photo of it. So why you would need to take these steps and have this skill to polish it, not to distort it and be fake, but to actually restore the feeling of what it actually felt like when you're there. Cause I was pretty skeptical of that at the beginning, but now I'm completely convinced.
1: I really like that viewpoint to it. That's probably the most convincing analogy I've heard. Hmm. All right. I'm going to try and keep us rolling on this list here. Green. What's your thoughts?
0: Yeah. Uh, green is the one I found really interesting. Uh, the examples I was
1: definitely confused by this one myself, so I'm intrigued to hear what you say here.
0: So the example that I see everyone online is something I completely disagree with. That green is, someone said, green is the color of computers. That's why you use it in the Matrix. Like Less than three people on this planet have ever seen a green computer screen. Yeah. Like I have, and you probably have, most people, they see their black and white one, or they see the, you know, the normal one, you know, most, anyway, that's just a dumb thing. Yep. I think green gives a feeling of things are a little bit off. I guess I would say, you know, you can do both, like light green, things feel off, feels like sickness. It feels like being a little nauseous which makes it really suitable for the Matrix. Nothing to do with the fact of computers, just that kind of unpleasantness. So a blue-green would be like a nice, like unpleasant sci-fi. Strong green gets into that feeling of nature. So that actually feels like a little bit calming and enjoyable and active. But pale green, if it was nature, it's on its way out, it's dying, it's sick.
2: Mm.
1: That's really in tune with what I have here actually. Mm. shockingly close do so i win a prize i'd say so <laughs> um so i had that green can show a nature uh, soothing feeling but when taken too far can be more of a representation of jealousy uh, green with envy
0: i've never felt that connection
1: i i don't know that one was difficult for me too but i think you're idea of being just something's not right here it's something's Mm. a little wrong it's not nature but it's trying to be Mm. i think that's probably the better version of it
0: not nature but trying to be
1: which very close with the matrix yeah eerily close
0: it's kind of interesting to see these discussions and sometimes we'll all come to the same conclusion but for different reasons and there will be times that I feel like you can point out, this person's actually wrong, but they got the right solution anyway.
1: I would agree with that. All right, so next up would be blue, which you talked about a little bit, but just yeah. to summarize your thoughts real quick for us. That was my
0: favorite one, that blue is the color of just coldness, but done well, like a positive thing of cold logic, you know, cold science, like you know kind of perfect clean you know but done like in an unpleasant way it can be distance loneliness actual freezing to death you know kind of the the uh, there's a word for this the other kind of danger not the active danger but the danger of um like being stranded on a planet versus being stabbed with a knife
1: that like looming threat
0: yeah, where it's it's like you're already dead. It's just going to be a matter of time.
1: Okay. I know what you're trying to say, but I can't think of the word for it myself either. Yeah. Um, which is very different from what I have here. So what I have is blue in moderation and used well can convey confidence, trust, and loyalty. Mm-hmm. But then when taken too far can show that your over idealistic version of it, it's not a genuine, it's you're trying it's it'd be like saying, trust me, at the end of something where you weren't questioning it, but now you yeah. are. <laughs> like, trust me, there's no bomb in my suitcase, TSA agent. Yeah, I don't know why I told you that.
0: Like, why, why, why was it in doubt now? Yep. We
1: use real meat. Trust me. <laughs> that's what happens when you use too much blue. Is what they were trying to say.
0: Man, it makes me want to watch that movie Memento again.
1: I can't think of that one.
0: It's a very that's a very cornerstone of that movie. So it's like about this guy who has no short term memory. And the thing is if everything's out of order because he can't even keep track of time and everybody in the world is kind of uh deceiving him in some way and there's people who are helping him and people are hurting him and i think if you watched it again just by the lighting like you're talking about you'd probably have okay this is a real thing this is sincere this is the trust me of, of like i don't know why but this all seems suspicious and weird but they can't convey it with words they convey it with visual
1: interesting I would be very intrigued to go back and look at that now.
0: Mm. Yeah. Maybe we can squeeze it in sometime before you head out. Not today. I mean, right. head to Minnesota. Uh,
1: so next would be purple.
0: Yeah, I don't have strong feelings about this one at all. I think you just get like a nice, you know, neutral, no emotion, just a nice warmth to it. You know, almost like have a nice nature feel, but you're not trying to convey any feeling.
1: So, for this one, I had that purple conveys royalty, which makes sense historically, mm-hmm. a mystery and luxury, but when taken too far, mystery. can be seen as impractical.
0: I definitely can see the the, the mystery.
1: The mystery seems interesting to me, and you see like a purple lighting and it does have a spooky feel to it at times. Mm. But then when you see like purple dinosaur, oh, that's just, <laughs> sure, that's kids.
0: Yeah, I like this because you, you take that and it's a real thing and you can move it on the level, the levels. So, you know, mystery. It could be a noir, you know, murder mystery or it could be it's a mystery, but it's just a mystery of childish magic. Not a really deep mystery. It's kind of mm-hmm. fun.
1: But like, yeah. Sure. It doesn't really suspend your disbelief as well. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting past the Roy G. Biv. I've got a few more entries here that are just fun.
2: All right.
0: Let's hear them.
1: So next would be pink.
0: Mm-hmm. No, just tell me what you think. I don't have strong feelings on that.
1: No strong feelings on pink. So that one, I have that... In moderation, it's calm and conveys femininity. Feminivit- can't speak today. Femininity. Got there. Goodness. But then, when taken too far, it goes, depending on the intensity of it, which extreme you go to, you get very different results according to this. Okay. To one extreme, it can be viewed as childish, but taken to the other extreme, it can be viewed as erotic. Mm. Can't get more different.
0: Youthfulness <laughs> is kind of the core of everything.
1: Yep. I mean, you take anything and make it into its one form, and it's on every children's toy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's definitely for a reason. It conveys to us that, oh, this is a childish color. That's part of the marketing of the toy. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was interesting. And that was the first one where I saw, oh, these are two very different extremes that we're getting from one color.
0: And pink and purple are really related visually. And I see now that like childishness would be inherently mysterious. On your perspective, there's so much of the world you don't understand about the world or even yourself. The whole experience is full of mystery. That's true. From an outsider's point, Children are mysterious because they're so messed if They don't up. follow
1: logic like you and I would.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's no real expectations you can make. like Anything a child does, you can't be surprised because they don't even know what they're doing.
1: You just have to kind of laugh it off and know they'll grow out of it.
0: Yeah. All the chemicals are still figuring it out.
1: Yep. All right. White.
0: <sighs> um... I feel that's the wrong question. The video had another half where they just go to white light and it's all about the intent, not the intensity, the the angles and shadow. And that is a completely another scale than I think than color, because you could do that with any of these other colors. So I think asking about the color white is really just asking about absence or present of light and that applies to all of these.
1: So we do have a white, gray, and black on this list as well. Mm. So let's think of it more as the intensity of the light then.
0: Yeah, so it apply to all of them. Um, I think that's just what we were talking about before. If you have it, the overdone versus versus the normal version versus the underdone version. Um, obviously, you know, gray, put over everything, it's going to be like that whole subdued, kind of somber feel. Uh, like not that. like raging yeah. sadness. It's just depression.
1: interesting so for white I had it as purity sanitized like think hospitals they always Mm. blow out and make it over white but then taken too far it can feel empty
2: Mm. yeah
1: for gray it had authority and neutral but then when taken too far it can feel unemotional And for black, it was formality and power, but taken too far, and it can give a sense of rebellion.
0: We really have to frame these in different situations. I feel like for this question, if you're just talking about shining the light on a scene or putting a filter over the scene, there's no real answers I can give for white, gray, or black. But I think I get it. What you're getting at is what if it was an object in the scene? What if it was the clothing the character was wearing?
1: What if it's your background of and, the scene? And then
0: it feels like a completely different... Everything that I said is thrown out the window and it's a whole new set of emotions. It's so versatile.
1: It's, color is such a unique world to play in. Mm. And I think that's why I've limited myself to audio is there is only so much I can play around with. Mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about color other than I should use it in my writing because I don't.
0: Yeah. It's so much more accessible visual stuff because everybody sees, everyone relates to it, everyone can talk to it. You know, that's the easiest thing for people to connect with, but it's also the hardest to kind of
1: do well,
0: get your hand around,
1: get a full understanding of it.
0: So, yeah. Um, I mean,
1: I've got two more here, silver and gold.
0: Silver is hard to like, differentiate between gray. Let me think from an so object.
1: So I had a note that those two were connected.
0: I'm thinking about now an object in a scene. Yep. Silver. There was a lot in that new Tron movie. Man, I love that thing. Where it was kind of a different kind of cold. Where it's pure but alive.
1: See, I think that would change depending on the tone of silver. If mm-hmm. you give it a warm undertone, it can feel more warm versus if it's more of a chrome with a blue undertone, it will feel more cold.
0: Yeah. We're combining things because this is something that reflects other stuff, yeah. so you could merge it with so other So
1: all golds. of these next two are going to be hard because of that.
0: Yeah. Metals. So much cool stuff there. Gold, I would go, again, with kind of this... Sickening feeling. I would say gold is the hangover color.
1: Interesting. So I had silver down as being mysterious but modern.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which really fits Tron well. Yeah. And explains also why you see silver accent on every piece of automotive ever. They need to feel modern. Mm hmm. And for gold, I had in moderation, it can convey success and luxury, but overdone is too much focus on material wealth that's Mm. showcasing more greed than anything.
0: The whole being trapped by your own ambition. I can see that, yeah. This is something I get a feeling we'll come back to many times.
1: I think this is going to be a very deep point that we can circle back to and it's interesting to see emotions but i had one other thing attached to this that i wanted to challenge us with let's go so the one thing that every whiskey lover has a sense of pride for copper stills mm-hmm. what would you say the average person would get from copper
0: i am not the average person i
1: Neither of us are. So they are going to try and really put ourselves out with this one.
0: There was one topic uh, that I was getting into where there's certain things that I just, I'm just i disconnected from. Where it's like, okay, people will relate to this topic this way, and you have to understand that to make your art relatable. It's like, well, I feel so completely different on this topic now that I'm basically looking at it with a telescope like Galileo, just trying to, okay, sure. Uh, copper, it Feels warm. I know I have positive feelings for it, but in real life, it's the metal that's the most—it's uh, the most friendly. It's one of the most easily accessible metals, so it's not limited to just uh, high-level high-tech high tech societies or the wealthy people in the community. And it's soft, so it's used for a lot of functional, friendly things—not just uh, weapons or machinery used to, you know, grind and build. It's like okay. Um, the cover for your toolbox or um, something to just route water or something like that. You know, it's the, the fun so friendly tools. do you know tools. why
1: copper is used a lot for water pipes and everything?
0: Is it because it kills bacteria?
1: Yep. Antibacterial. So when you said friendly, my mind went to, oh, we probably had that baked into us from years of copper helps keep us safe and alive.
0: Yeah. So much of this just reveals who we are on these fundamental levels, which I think makes living our lives easier. There's so many times when people are living at odds with who they are, and you're trying to do this one thing, and it's not making you happy, or you have these weird feelings that you can't make peace with, but then you realize, oh, it comes down to the fact that for thousands of generations, copper kept people alive, so it's baked into my DNA. I don't need to like or hate this feeling. I can just accept that it's part of me, that it's not my, I didn't pick it this is just part of being a human
1: absolutely it's, and, it's the same as when you first had a crush growing up and you were like oh, why am i feeling this way this is yeah this isn't right something's wrong and then by the time you got through high school and maybe the first year of college you were pretty well adjusted to it and go oh yeah they're attractive i know what this is
0: yeah, yeah. and when you have that awareness then you can start doing much more enjoyable things with it of Okay, I'm going to feel this, but the meaning isn't any kind of divine thing or morality thing. It's just, this is a thing. So is this going to be a good idea or a bad idea? I'm like, okay. No, in this situation, I'm going to put that feeling in a box and go like, yeah, that's real, but that's not useful for me. Or like, no, this actually... Is this going to be fun to pursue? Let's go down it. You know, man. People get... People, when people don't know the reason why they feel something they can get some pretty crazy ideas about why they have that feeling that really grind them into a lot of painful positions.
1: Absolutely. And it's something I try and think about often when there's something that I, I just act on instinct, which I try and let happen as much as I can because we have instincts for a reason and we should let them come out and do their job, is my opinion. Mm. But then afterwards, if I don't know why my instinct was one way, I'll try and sit down and think, okay, why did I naturally respond in this manner?
0: Yeah. We'll try to dive into that every so often, because I do think the more we do this kind of work, the more insights we're going to get into that stuff.
1: I'm excited for it. Mm. I had a weird thought with the siren going by right now. So now you can't edit that out. You're going to have to keep that in here for us. Yes. We were talking earlier about color with the lighting for a set to make it more visually appealing. Mm -hmm. And how you make it more dramatic and more engaging by using red and blue. Yeah same one that the police used to tell you, get the fuck out of the way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they're probably pretty good at getting our attention.
0: We did a lot of research on this. Yeah, I think I mentioned that before, but the reason why all our so- like road signs are orange instead of blue or red or pink or something else. We did research. This is what your eye has been just built to see more than any other color. Let's use that.
1: It's very interesting.
0: All right. I uh, wanted to f- wrap up with one last thing. Yes. It was really helpful last time to have something to look into in the meantime, investigated that, you know, zooming and zooming out as a gesture and a couple of things we talked about. Uh, for this week, I wanted to ask you, uh, you had mentioned that there was some video that you were editing out that you're going to make it, new version of, that you have it recorded but you just need to cut some stuff? Am I remembering that right?
1: Uh, so I did do a recording. Um, did not play around with the editing too much because the sound quality on it was garbage, which was why I needed the lav mic. All right. So again, now I have no excuses and you are forcing me to take that next step. Which I was not anticipating, so thank you for <laughs> just shoving me forward into this.
0: Yeah, that's my last question. I know you have a lot of things going on, so you know, no wrong answer. But you know, what's on the horizon for you? What are you working on? What are you looking on? What is something that you small enough that you could do?
1: So, what I want to do is because I've taken so long now with my podcast, I want to just get like six episodes ready and be able to release them one after the other for once a week for six weeks. Oh, be nice. and release it as season two mm. so the thing that I'm thinking about right now is going through okay I, I want these stories in it and I want to make a trailer that showcases just snippets of each one of the stories and it's here's what you're looking forward to in season two
0: so you complete all of them and then make a trailer out of that completed material
1: yep so it's a lot down the line, but it's something that I've never done before that way where I've... Even if I know what's coming next, I only tease that one. I don't tease six things in one and make them all wrap together.
2: Mm.
0: When I was working on this video thing, the guy called out, you're probably making your videos and then when you're done, make the thumbnail to put into it. He said, do it the opposite. Start imagine what you want your thumbnail to be, make that, and then edit your clips to make the mood that you created in that thumbnail. That process might work for your trailer as well.
1: That makes a lot of sense, because the thumbnail, you're trying to make something that would be as engaging and Mm. catching as possible. And so having your content fit around that would help make it more engaging and make it keep people
0: interested. So you think of that idea of like, what would you want your... your trailer to be for those six stories and that might give you not the material but maybe the tone that you're going to set in your six stories.
1: Well it would help me even with picking out what stories is okay if I want to have this tone to my trailer and have parts of it where it's conveying this mood I need to have a story that strongly focuses on that then.
0: So you're giving me something great that's in the distant future what is like the next thing That you will do? What's the next step? It doesn't have to be like the next thing you're gonna publish, but what will be the next thing you will do related to either you know consuming knowledge or creating?
1: Uh it's either gonna be creating a video now. Again, thank you for that shove. Or I'm going to try and finalize what bottles I'm gonna write about for the next six episodes.
0: Okay. So one of those two? I hope that next time we talk, I can ask you, hear either what got done or what you found out when you tried to do it and what what questions you came across.
1: That'll be good. What are you going to work on? I know you've still got to finish that class, but what are you actively working on next?
0: Yeah. So... I am trying to get into being releasing a YouTube video every Friday. So I managed to do one last week. I did one today. So that's what I showed. Um, The next thing I'm gonna try and do is take both of those videos and then go through it and just find nice little five-second segments that I like.
1: Make those shorts.
0: Combined yeah, like should a short be five seconds? Should it be sixty seconds, thirty seconds? I'm gonna get the answer to that question, and then we can combine enough of these little clips together. And then next time, I think I'm going to start with that. I think that'll be nice for ways to be, for me to ease in. And if I have a couple, you know, thirty-second, thirty-second reels put together, you know, for Instagram, then when it comes time on like Thursday to start building my YouTube one that's longer, it might be an easier jump to take those and put them together.
1: Okay. I'm excited for that Can I add one challenge on to you for some point in the future just because I want you haven't really played around with this yet too much from what I've seen? All right I want you to write a script for something that you would be talking over one of these videos for mm. Because the writing is the part where I feel that I do a good job of right now and I'm not going to say I'm the best at it. I'm not going to say I'm even really that good at it. But that's something where I feel like I might be able to help you a bit more.
0: Good point. That, you know, I really like the stuff you make. So if I start trying that, I can start learning from the expertise that you have to give.
1: And I can, if, even if you just have a base writing of something that you're trying to do, I can help... Go through of what I've learned and see what direction you're going in and help hopefully steer you a little bit with that.
0: That'd be great. This is a good idea. There's so many like big opportunities and making sure to take advantage of them. That's that's wise. That's wise.
1: Play to our strengths, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So the thing I wanna leave us with is next time, this topic that I really am excited about that build off the plate because we have so many great things we're going to come to next week is how to create the feeling of a story being told without having any words and not even having a plot you can have a purely emotional experience, an emotional journey without having an actual action in the entire thing and that's what we'll talk about next time
1: I am confused already and delighted by this idea.
0: All right. Next Next time we'll be on video.